Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the food space. You're going to hear all about junkless. Yeah, like junkless foods. I think what a cool name. Um, I can't even wait for you to meet my guest today. Ernie Pang is on. He's the founder and CEO. Ernie, so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Justin. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too, man. I appreciate it. Um, when I saw the info a couple weeks ago um, about your company, I'm like, I got to look at it and figure out what is Junkless. This sounds amazing. Um, what a cool <laughs> name. And we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. Um, but for those that don't okay. know you, Ernie, how about share a little bit about your background and your work in this industry? Sure. I've actually had a pretty traditional background. Um, I was a marketing guy pretty much all my career. Uh, went to school, did an MBA, you know, the usual shtick, and uh, got a job with a large pharmaceutical company. I was running, I was brand manager on uh, analgesics like Panadols and so forth, and eventually ended up uh, working on wet ones and diapering ointment and stuff like that, and Lysol spray and all the cleaners and stuff. So fairly traditional uh, product management roles, I guess. Uh, and then I ended up in innovation, which I really, really liked. Uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, actually, I started out in Canada. Oh, wow. Is where I was Very good. And then eventually, I got transferred to, uh, well, the company no longer exists. Uh, kind of imploded, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Sterling Drug. Nice. You know, it's amazing how you get a couple of billion dollars all of a sudden overnight. It's just That's gone. crazy. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, welcome to the world of mergers and acquisitions. Right. But uh Anyways, uh, I moved on to innovation role and eventually ended up in their New York office. Uh, and it was, you know, like I said, fairly traditional. Um, uh, I ended up at Kellogg uh, for about 12 and a half years and uh, spent pretty much all my time in marketing and innovation. Uh, and that was fun, actually. I mean, you know, we they had a fairly rigid system, just like any other large CPGs. And, you know, they call it the growth engine. And every 36 months, you have that window uh, and you just plan this stuff out. And it's like an engine. It's, it just it just rolls. Um, but after a while, you know, you can kind of get tired of that. And, you know, quite honestly, I drank Kool-Aid, too. You know, when you're in a big company doing your part, your little part, if you will. And uh, there was a bit of an epiphany, I guess. One day, uh, you know, I'm in the food industry and you think that you know everything. <laughs> uh, I was with my kid who was back then, he was like 12 years old. And I remember we were passing by the freezer section and uh, he loved, loved, loved these fried chicken dinners, you know, the frozen fried chicken sure. dinners. And they're, they're just so bad <laughs> for you, but they do taste for you. And he asked me a question that for the life of me, I couldn't answer. I mean, he looked at it and as a curious kid, right, he was looking at the side of the package and he goes, Dad, what is this stuff? You know, I'm looking at it. Go, what are you talking about? And there, it was the ingredient statement. And it was so long, it covered literally the whole entire side of, of the panel. And I'm reading it and I'm going, you know what? I don't know what they are. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, the next day, I actually spoke to one of my colleagues uh, when I went back to work and I was, hey, you know, weird, my kid asked me this question I couldn't answer. And uh, what do you think of this? So I told him the story and he started laughing. This guy was a food scientist. He goes, well, you know, the ingredients that are in there does three things. Number one, they're cheap. 
And number so you can make a good profit margin. Number two, they're addictive tasting. And three, they're very shelf-stable. Sure. They're friendly. And it, it, there's a lot of efficiencies. You know, there's a reason why they are the way they are. But I guess, you know, um, in the last like 30, 40, 50 years, if you will, convenience foods uh, have really dominated uh, the lifestyle of Americans. And and all of a sudden now everybody's questioning what they're right. eating. So that was kind of the aha moment. And I knew that there was an opportunity in some of the the categories that I worked on, you know, within breakfast and, and wholesome snacks. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of products could be revitalized by cleaning them up. I call it renovation, just making them better. Sure. Um, so I went on this, um, this path to figure out, you know, how the heck can we offer something that is really about, still about pleasurable eating, but enjoying the foods that are actually better for them because they're simply junk list, if you will. Um, I think the market, you know, and I saw that when I was at Kellogg um, and other places, you know, they were coming up with so many innovation that uh, quite frankly, it, it gets to a point where it is just complicated. I mean, you, you look at the bar space, right? The snack sure. bars, you know, there's keto friendly, there's gluten, uh, gluten free, there's a dairy free, there's a, you know, that are excessively high in protein, you know, I, I mean, it's just so many of them. And it gets to a point where a regular mom or dad just shopping for the family, you get you really get confused. You know, some have they claim the fame's got no sugar, and yet they use a lot of sugar alcohols. I think for an adult that's okay, but for mom and dad, you know, do you want to feed that to your kids? Um, right. I just think that you know, there's a more simpler way sure. of, of offering something that's more wholesome, and therefore, junkless. I love it, man! And so great that you put the pieces together for us there. Uh, and now we know where the name came from. Um, so it's one thing to have an idea for a brand, another to go launch it and to build product and whatnot. Where did you start? Well, I'd love to say that junkless is actually all planned out nice and neat and everything worked out it actually it, it didn't happen like that at all we kind of fell into it uh, when we first started it out the whole concept was about simplicity uh wholesomeness uh and few ingredients but i think it was a couple of steps removed from the the the, the regular consumer's mind you know when they see the whole the whole idea about simplicity and, and packaged foods I don't think they got it. I mean, we actually came out with a name that was very different than Junkless in the beginning. It was called Simply A. And, you know, it's about simplicity and eight ingredients or less. And it was funny because, you know, we did a lot of these women's expos where you sample the food and try and get people to try it. And, you know, through a course of a weekend, you may get anywhere from like 15,000 to, to 40,000, you know, people coming through. Um, and, you know, after talking to several thousand people, you kind of get an idea of whether it's working or not. And I remember we had this big banner that says simplicity and wholesome, you know, all that. And this lady looked looked up at it and, you know, she's looking at me going, so tell me what's so great about that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was like, floored. I, mean, I only spent like a couple of years thinking about this and she doesn't get it. Right. So I, you know, I looked at my, 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 yeah, the, my teammates and I said, hey, we got a problem because it's not connecting. And we went back and, you know, I came, yeah, I came out and I started explaining to, to all the people that I said, well, it does not have this, doesn't have that. We don't have hydrogenated oils. We don't use artificial flavors. You don't, you know, after a while that spiel, you know, it gets kind of monotonous. And this one lady looked at me and said, oh, you mean it doesn't have any of that 
blank <laughs> right. stuff. And I can't, I can't say that right. here, but anyways, you know what I'm right. saying? And I said, you know, and a, and a, and a little light bulb just kind of lit off on top of my head. I said, you know what? It's about no junk. So that was Stop. it. And uh, we, you know, originally we, we wanted to uh, look at uh, junk, uh, junk free and you know, other sort of uh, manifestation, I guess, from that idea of no junk. Sure. Wow. But uh, we landed, we landed at Junkless, so it, it, it seems. To I be love working. it. Um, what was the first um, step in terms of creating actual product? Oh well, I went to one of my buddies that, uh, that I used to work with, you know, um, and he was a food scientist and great, great guy, very knowledgeable. Uh, I, I still remember we were uh, trying to put together a bar way back, you know. It, it, this is probably like 20 somewhat years ago at, at Kellogg. And, you know, I think we were ahead of the times, but anyways, um, he was, uh, uh, very helpful. And he says, look, you know, it, it's not that difficult to put something together that without all that junk in it, you just have to make sure the food is stable and there's the ingredients are compatible and you know, it sits for a good amount of time without putting any uh, preservatives sure. in it. And, uh, you know, we came out with the first line of product, uh, but like everything else, right, we started testing it in the store and lo and behold, uh, one day we're reviewing the food and the whole entire bar fell apart like granola. <laughs> right. It's uh, dried right. out. You know, what, what the heck was that? You know, it's uh, obviously there was a problem. So we went back to the drawing board and it, it took a while before we figured it out. There was a lot of iterations. I can't even tell you how many times that we we've gone back to ground zero and just started all over wow. again. But, you know. Is through uh, a lot of different uh, food developers' uh, knowledge to kind of put something like this sure. together. And like, did you know it was going to work, or this is just an interesting investment? And we, uh, I'll say, side hustle slash project to see, like, uh, or at what point did you start testing it with consumers or friends and family to see whether they would like it? Well, you know, it, it's, I don't think there was a clear cut point. I think, you know, you kind of work your way into it. I was dabbling. I was moonlighting this on the side, so to speak, if you will. Uh, made some benchtop samples and, you know, had some, some friends and family taste it. And they thought, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. But, you know, obviously their perspectives are a little bit Of biased. course, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So finally, you know, uh, I, got, I got hooked up with... Uh, uh, with um, one of my partners uh, who was a former buyer at a grocery store and uh, in cereal actually. Um, and he, he introduced me to a buyer at that time in snack bars at this uh, retail retailer here in Michigan. Uh, we, and we got into 50 stores and we tested it and thank God we tested because the food fell oh. apart and it got dried out. So like I said, you know, I, I think there was something there, but you know, it, it, we had, again, we had the wrong, brand name with the wrong package design you know we had everything that was kind of earthy green white you know it, it's kind of like the status quo i mean we just looked like everybody sure. else and so what uh, did you do and now well we changed the name to junk list eventually <laughs> that's kind of in your face a little right bit. and you know i i went to the store and i looked at the shelf set and everything was earthy green and white you know everything that's natural right of course and I said, you know, we got to do something a little different and uh, went the opposite. I said, let's have a black background, uh, consulted with some other colleagues that were more creative than me. And they said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Do the black background. You will stand out. And sure enough, it pops out. 
So um, you live and learn. No, it's really, really cool. Um, I love the packaging, the black uh, with the product picture on the front. You got real chocolate chip, real peanut butter, 100% real strawberries, cinnamon roll, chewy, wild fl- okay, wildflower honey. Interesting. Um, very exciting. And then, I mean, what plant power? I mean, it's interesting. So how did you, did you start with all of these at the same time or did you go with one or two to begin with? And then over time have added to it. And over time's only been a couple of years, but like, what did that look like? It's essentially that we started out with the chewy granola Got bars, uh, with the chocolate chip and the peanut butter chocolate chip. So those are the two flavors that sure. we had. Um, and, and those are classics, you know, I mean, it, it, all families, they, you can't go wrong with peanut butter or uh, chocolate chip. So <laughs> I agree. Uh, and it's been cranking along. Yeah. And that's when we uh, start up line extending into uh, this, the, the strawberry and the cinnamon roll. And it's interesting, the cinnamon roll, again, it wasn't by design. We actually made the food to be a cinnamon flavor granola bar. And uh, one of the people that we worked with was tasting it. And uh, he said, you know, Ernie, you know what this tastes like? It tastes like a cinnamon roll. <laughs> We looked at each other. Oh, going, there's the name of it. You know what? <laughs> We're going to call it cinnamon roll. Why, why <laughs> right. rework it, right? <laughs> Let's not rework it. <laughs> that that sounds great. So we went with that food analog. That's and funny. Uh, it seems to be chuggling That's along. so funny. Yeah. And then after that, we got into the honey. And then eventually we thought, you know what? The plant, the protein bars is obviously a value add. And uh, we just thought that there's a, there's a white space within the family all family world and the reason why i say that is because there's a million bars protein bars that are coming out that tout better for you true and it's all about performance or about self-defense um everything's all about you so for us we're not doing that we think it's better for all family not better for you it's not just you Interesting. <laughs> it's the rest I of the family. great perspective i like that and, you know, when you pick up these protein bars, um, they're like 20, 30 grams of, I mean, massive amount of protein. Do you really need that for a kid? You know, that's like a 10, 12, 15, 16 year right. old, you know, even yeah. as a snack, I don't think you need that. And it's a really tough eat. I mean, these are like 50, 60, 70 grams of food. And it's, um, it's like a fudge. So we said, you know what? We want to have a completely different food design. We wanted to mimic sort of the Rice Krispies. Sure. I love that. Kind of a consistency love that. And making it a little bit lighter. So we're kind of central to everything in terms of fats, in terms of sugars. In terms, we don't claim that we don't have any sugar or, and no added sugar because that's not, that's not who we are. You have to have some to make it taste sure. good, but you have to be responsible, just not excessive. And we don't use sugar alcohols or sugar alternatives like stevia or uh, monk fruit. You know, those are... I mean, while they're natural, the the, the process is it's pretty highly processed sure. in order to extract the sweetness out of that. So we avoid that stuff, and uh, we don't claim like a high amount of fat. You know, we're we're kind of middle of the road, and we believe that there's a sweet spot for that, and that that's where we're living. And it's plant based. Love it. Um, very very cool. What about um route to market? Did you go after e-commerce or retail right away, and how have you grown that? Well, you know, that's a it's a good question. When we first started, uh, you know, given that it's natural, automatically, I think that people within the industry has a tendency to ground you into a health and wellness specialty. Sure. And by that, I mean, well, you go to health food stores. 
like a Whole Foods, Sprouts, Farmer's Market, or you know, Fresh Time, or and quite honestly, we were in there, but it, it did, we didn't really get a whole lot of traction because, again, our product, the concept, was not really appealing to those at the nutrition seeking nutritional fringe. Sure. You know, we don't have 20, 30 grams of protein for that matter. Our bars doesn't have, you know, the antioxidants or our bar is not about gluten free. Our bar is not about dairy free. Our bar is not. Yeah. There's like all these things that we're not. We're just a a great tasting. It's a pleasurable treat. Uh, You know, we want people to enjoy the foods that are just better than them. And by the way, they happen to be clean ingredients. So that's kind of secondary. And we kind of flipped that paradigm. Um, So. You know, it, it, I, I, I think we do have a spot. There's a spot for that in the market. Yeah, no doubt. Um, who's your target consumer? Did you know that at the beginning or, the, or are you going after it from a product perspective? You know, how do you think about that? Well, our primary target is um, basically the, uh, the younger moms and dads with kids in the family. Uh, that's our primary. But uh, secondarily, you know, the individual adult, um, they like to supplement their diet if they go to the gym. They may be um, an athlete, but they still need a snack, a whole uh, a, a good snack that's not necessarily, you know, a functional nutrition bar sure. that gets them all everything that they're looking for. You know, we're, we're basically a good supplement. Got it. Makes sense. So, you know, in terms of the target, you kind of work your way into it. I mean, like I said, like anything else, right? You have a plan, but then it evolves as you learn. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and that's great. So I always love to ask our guests some of their biggest lessons learned. Um, I know you've done, you've, you've spoken about a lot about this in terms of things that you, you know, common mistakes others might make as an entrepreneur or things to avoid. What would you share with our audience? Two or three things that as you've gotten this product off the ground in market, I mean, growing, great packaging um, for others that might be in the space, like what would be your advice? Well, I think probably there's two or three um, I could think of. Uh, probably number one, the biggest one, and it, it's hard for me to it's it's funny that I'm saying that now, you know, as a marketing guy. But you really have to make sure you understand the dollars and cents. So unpack that for us. Well, you you have to be profitable. Um, margins and margins and margins. If you're looking for money. Uh, the number one metric that they look at, yeah, they they get the you know sales and all that stuff. They you need the growth, but the margin is a key metric for everybody. Sure. So sure. that is something, and, and not only that. I mean, if you, if you want a longer runway, you got to make sure that you mine your dollars and cents. You have to have the cash, conserve the cash. You know, it, it's funny as we talk to people within the finance industry, you know, they laugh and they say, hey, you know, what you don't want is to to raise, you know, I don't know, $8 million and to generate a $2 million business. I mean, that doesn't make much sense. But I think a lot of people get excited once they get the money and they go out and spend it. So minor dollars and cents, I would say that's probably the first thing. The unit economics got to work. The second thing is uh, details. Execution is everything. Um, You got to, you make a promise, lay out the plan. You got to figure out everything you can, your ability to deliver that. So I think the the execution is a really crucial piece of it. Um, and then probably third and lastly, you got to have your product, not just how you like it, but how you think your target consumer is going to sure. like it. 
And then that implies you've got to have something that's very relevant to them that stands out. And it, you can't kind of depend on advertising or social media to, to get the message across. That message has to be loud and clear right at the shelf. They got to see it without any advertising or promotion. They must understand what your product is and how it's different. Uh, so it, it's kind of like a beacon, you know, I mean, if they're walking down the sure. aisle, they got a yeah, spot. And a lot of that comes down to packaging too, totally. right? And hence your package redo. Right. I mean, that's your first contact point for the consumer, right? If you're trying to uh, rely on social media influencers to try and get a message out, uh, that's t- I mean, I'm not saying that you can't do that. Right. It, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Tough. It's just interesting always to hear like the strategies and uh, packaging and versus online. Anyway, um, what as you look ahead to the next six to 12 months, what are the keys to growth? for you like is it new line extensions is it new channels new stores uh new retail partners what does it look like it's really both um you know obviously we've got uh, the two new plant powers now uh, um and that's only being sold at walmart right now so we are in the process of uh offering it to other retailers uh and uh, the additional flavors we have five flavors not all the uh, retailers carry all five some carries like sure. three uh, so there's a flavor extension um, opportunities in terms of incremental volume for us. And at the same time, Plant Powers is a new line of product and also new distribution. So there's a lot of uh, exciting things that are happening right now for us uh, with respect to new retailers coming on in 2023. And we're still pitching to the rest of the country. We're only in, you know, as far as all commodity volume, about 25% of the Got country. It. Huge right upside. So there's still yeah, a lot of upside for you then from just brand presence. And you you got to grow in a controlled fashion because you can't, um, you know, with inventory and, and stuff, it's working capital. Sure. So you got to have the cash. Yeah. And how have you scaled? I mean, it's one thing to get into a couple of stores, you know, e- easily, but you get into a Walmart. Have you, have, how have you gone into that space and how have you figured out the distribution part? We got lucky. Um we had a uh, buyer that believed in what we were doing. Uh, that was number one. And number two, uh, we, <laughs> it, it was it was a challenge. I mean, I'm not gonna say that it was easy. It was definitely very, very hard. I mean, there's like six of us working on this. And if you can imagine all of a sudden Walmart comes in, the orders, I mean, every it's like clockwork. Every week, you know, you get uh, uh, 42 POs right. and it's gotta ship <laughs> right. out. Deliver. You have the inventory and the lead times to make this stuff is relatively long. You have to have the cash uh, to pay for it. So, yeah, working with banks and you know trying to convince people that hey, (laughs) we're good for the money. It's um, not exactly easy process, but I yeah. Fortunately, we we have an incredible team. Um, You know, it's funny because. You think you know everything, right? Coming out from these companies, big companies, because they teach you, they they educate you, and, and right, uh, you come up through the industry. <laughs> yeah, and you really think you know it all, but boy, are you ever in for a stark reality? You know, the little that you know as an entrepreneur is amazing. But fortunately, like I said, we've got a handful of uh, partners. Uh, they're all mostly from Kellogg to ex Kellogg, and they were. They are incredible. Sure. Uh, so together, we, we we figure it out. But it's um, 
Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's great. It's nice to have the network and lean into it, you know, and that's how you, you can get things done and yeah. grow in this industry. Um, so helpful. Hey, share before we go, Ernie, how our audience can find you, connect with you, buy product, et cetera. Ah, well, we are in major retailers like Walmart. We are pretty much uh, um, nationwide. Uh, we are at Meyer here in the Midwest. Uh, we are in out in the East Coast, basically up and down the uh, Mid Atlantic East Coast of a New England area where Hannaford, uh, all the Owl Del Hayes uh, banners. So there's a uh, um, stop and shop. Uh, there's two giants, the giant company and giant uh, food. There's Hannaford and there's Food Lion. Uh, we're all chain wide. Um, we're in Food City uh, and we will be getting a Kroger in January. Awesome. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, and there, there's more That's to come. Awesome. Uh, oh, shop right down the northeast. <laughs> like uh, every major brand, yeah. you guys are booming, man. This is exciting, Ernie. That's so exciting. Seriously, we are. Like I said, we, we are very, very fortunate, uh, especially coming out of COVID. totally. Um, I think it's it's awesome. Um, excited for you and your brand uh, and where it's going. Early days, in even though you're in all these locations, I mean, gosh, it'll be, it's be fun to watch. You got to come back on down the road, share more stories with us. Um, Ernie Peng, founder and CEO of Junkless, man, so great to have you with us. Thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.